Welcome one, welcome all to the Deep Slant Podcast. We're in the midst of March Madness, basketball, and NFL free agency. I'm your host, DP Sidley. Joining me today, special guests, Drew Doherty and hey. John Harris. Hey. How are you guys doing today? Long time no see, guys. I know, it's super. We're uh, just together yeah, this like morning. Five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> for a meeting. Yeah. But we haven't done this on the radio in a while, have we? Yeah, now that, that's true. That's very true. And that's something that I say radio on the, on the air. Radio podcast yep. with a mic in front of our mm-hmm. face. How about that? So, I like. Well, I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts on free agency because we've talked before free agency. We talked during free agency. Uh, now let's talk after all this first round of signings. I want to talk to you about the Honey Badger, your thoughts on him. Um, how you think these signings are going to affect the Texans 2018 draft strategy as it stands now? And uh, how does Drew Doherty work off all that popcorn that he eats during your guys' film room sessions? Well, we were talking about workouts this morning. So yeah, I mean, Drew's that, hitting it hard now. I, I would tell you, the, the film room was one of the more fun things that we did. And one of my one of my biggest pet peeves in life is the fact that I love popcorn, <laughs> but I hate it. popcorn kernels in my teeth. And and what you know how OCD I am. What you love it, Drew? You, you love know popcorn you know how OCD I do. I, am. I do. You I mean. You know, you and I, we we are definitely on one spectrum, and Mark Vandermeer is definitely on the other <laughs> spectrum. So I'm kind of in the middle, and I'll mess with John. A like curl in my t- yeah, yeah, he he will. He'll mess. With, he sees some of it too. Like we're just walking, and I'll like skip over a line, and he'll like. I start stomping on every single <laughs> line <laughs> he sees. I just go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I just have this Drew's, to Drew's it. definition of fun is, but, is very strange. Yeah. But to that end, I did I. I didn't want to have kernels in my teeth because then I would start trying to get the kernel on my teeth. I couldn't do it. So Drew just ended up eating one box of popcorn, and then he's like, you're going to eat that? I was like, yeah, here, go ahead. And so that, that got us through, what, 15 of them? 15 I think? Of, and we're going to do some more. Yeah, it sounds like more, from yeah. this meeting we, I just mentioned, we're going to have – at least five more, I think. Those we're going to do, do them on these guys that the Texans have signed in for I ABC. was going to say, speaking of uh, popcorn and new signings, the Honey Badger? You yeah. Think that, uh, yeah, I think so. You think you might do one on some Time of out, time out, before we get into this. Yes. One more thing on the film room. You didn't see this on the film room, and you won't see this on any of the film rooms. But <laughs> oh, yes. It's the best story ever. This, okay, this is so a great story. You see this John and I on, on screen on, on, on the film room, but that took a lot of people to make that thing happen. That was a very intricate setup. Yeah. Joe Amaral, Jay McDevitt, Gavin Garrett, Kenny Perkins, uh, Tyler Sudarth, Anoff Leibowitz. They were all involved. Everybody was in there. Did a great job. And, and you, it, it, you can I tell mean, I'm more than happy to jump in and help. I love a box of junior mints while yeah. I'm watching oh, film. Oh, we love you in there. Very so, creative right. folks. I'll just sit and watch. But at one point, Tyler, who's new to the Houston area, he's been here about six months. He's from Arizona. Yep. Right out of college, about a year or two out of college. Worked for the Rams for Worked a little for the bit. Rams yeah. here. But t- he mentioned that he was going to go to the movies that weekend. And so I just kind of casually said, oh, man, well, make sure you take your shoes off and check them at the door because you're not allowed to wear shoes in a movie theater in Texas. <laughs> I heard this story. And so he's like, what? And John, without skipping a beat, knew I what know was Drew. up. I know Drew, and I knew, I knew this. I, I can't like, remember what man. you said to, to kind of cement it, but you, you added on to it. Yeah, I said something like, you know, last time I was in, I, I, I stepped in some gum with my sock, and it completely ruined my sock, so you got to make sure – that you take them off, but you're also cognizant of where you're walking to. His you get, mind was blown. He's like, "What? You really have to do this?" And, and then we just Kenny, kept, we just kept going back and Kenny, forth on him. Kenny added a fact. Yeah. Uh, Gavin added a fact. They all got it. You guys, Joe, are on the I think, same got train, in there. Yeah, same and, train of thinking. And then yeah. I like my the final one that I added in was like 
oh yeah, in Japan, you take your shoes off before you even go in the house. So this is just like kind of like an extension of that theory. And this went on for about three weeks. And like about a month later, a month later, we get this text at at 8.30. I'm at home. I think John's probably at his house. Yeah. We get this text to the two of us from Tyler saying, here it is. Here it is. Freedom. He sends us this text. This comes at about 9 o'clock on a, t- on a Thursday evening. He oh, goes, no. so I found out it's not a state law to take your shoes off at the movie theater <laughs> in Texas. Sweet prank by you guys. <laughs> and I got this. I'm a little worried how he discovered that this was I, not a state I'll tell law. You why when he, I'll tell you why when he, he finishes I, this. As soon as I saw that text, I literally just doubled <laughs> over in laughter. Like I, I almost fell You guys are really mean. You guys so have hard. one coming. My wife, it, same thing. My wife, I'm like wheezing. And she's like, what, what's wrong with you? And I was oh. like, I did this thing at work. You know? <laughs> so how did, he, how did he find out? Oh, well, his, his mom is a teacher in Arizona, and one of the stu- she's an elementary school teacher, and one of the students that she teaches, their, her parents, they just moved from Texas, and she asked the parents, like, hey, is it a, is it a law really to take your shoes off? And I'm like, absolutely not. You guys not only fooled him, you fooled yeah. his family. We, so we, he's we, not going to believe a single thing that comes he out does, of And he doesn't. He doesn't. And, I, which I don't is blame wise, him. Which is absolutely, him. without question, yeah. wise. There, there should be. Unless we couch you with, hey, we're, we're absolutely being honest about this. I mean, we have to tell you because we didn't say that. And so that's the thing. But, yeah, we got one coming to us, but that's okay. It was There have been pranks, I'm sure, pulled on all of us it's at some point. Pretty so. fun. Yeah. And he's... He's the. I'm telling you right now, he is one of the best hires we've ever had. Oh, he yeah. is brilliant. His cinematography, his eye is incredible. Attention to details. He's so he's so good. It's been so Very fun to travel. Regard, so yeah. he helps put together the film sessions, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. he also does my football story, which yes, we started. Which, mm-hmm. which is last tremendous. Year. That was his. Yeah. That was all his, his idea too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love I love being with with these guys because you know everybody sees us on TV. They see us do likes and stuff, and they don't see everybody else. You know, Jay and as you mentioned, Jay and Kenny and Gavin and Joe and all these guys. I went to go interview Dabo Sweeney at the Bear Bryant Awards, and <laughs> they wanted to get there early because they wanted to figure out the setup. And so we were over at the Hilton Americas, and we were up on the second floor. And it's a great view. It this is for the Discovery senior bowl. Yeah. No, this is no, for this, the Dabo Sweeney. Before, a little bit before. Yeah, oh, it was a little okay. before that. So it was my interview with Dabo It was Sweeney. in Houston. I know Dabo, Dabo a little bit from having been with the Bear Bryant Awards, the Lombardi Awards. I met him before. And so I, I contacted uh, our immediate people with the, the American Heart Association, they said, yep, no problem. He'll love to do it. So we had a good 25, 30 minutes sit down. I mean, he was fantastic. So we got there early, and Dabo was going to go to radio, but then they said, no, he's going to come to you guys first. He'd come right down these stairs. And I said, good, we'll make it be as easy as possible. Walk down the stairs, sit him down, and then he could go off and do the rest of his media stuff. And so we were there pretty early. These two, Tyler and Joe Amaral, these two, I mean, it was like a couple of, like football film geeks, like, oh, watch his left foot, like I would do, you know, if I were watching. These two geeked out totally. They spent, I swear to God, 90 minutes trying to find the right location and setup. They're precise. What about over here? What about over there? What about here? What about here? Then they put two chairs down. Johnny, sit in that chair. Okay, sit in that chair. No, no, I don't like that. Let's Lighting, move over here. angles, <laughs> backdrop. Everything. Yeah, they, they and I mean, that's the amount of time they put in to just filming an interview. And I'm sitting there going, I gotta ask these questions. That's all I gotta do. They're getting everything. I mean, it was, it's fantastic. The same and thing with the film room. Good, it was right? like the two of us walk in, and it's like, all right, go, let's do it. And they've got everything set up, and I mean, it's an elaborate setup. 
they got everything going. And I mean, they're so what? They're what tremendous. Are, what better way to reward their creativity, ingenuity, and hard yeah. work than, than by them. pranking them? Yeah, of course. exactly. Yeah. Nothing yeah, says well, thank you like yeah, let me especially the people you. That, that put things together that were on on TV. <laughs> you know, before you know, it, we're going to end up with like handlebar mustaches somehow yeah. graphically inserted on there. I don't yeah, know. There's going to be a graphic but, over but your face next time. They are great. And Tyler is a tremendous addition to the team. We love him. All right, all these great stories and more on this podcast. You can subscribe. Please subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Leave a review. This is new. We've got our podcast everywhere. And, Drew, I know uh, you've got your in the lab, you and Johnny. So thanks for joining. The reason why I have you guys here today is because my former co-host, J.J. Moses, Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say he's no more because he is still still alive. (laughs) Yes. But he actually uh, got a promotion. So he was Texans ambassador, and JJ and I did a lot of events. We did the Moms Clinic, Battle Red Ladies. Cool we'd be mom. Out and about. Cool mom with cool JJ, JJ Moses. Uh, we'd be out and about. And so now he actually works in the building full-time. He is the director of player engagement, which is fantastic. He'll get to interact with the players and sort of help them in that transition mm-hmm. from college to pros, pros and real life, and, and so on. And, and I think it's a great role for him. But that being said uh, – I, when he told me, I said, you know about our podcast, JJ? So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Can't I don't do know. Anymore, he huh? might be able to, but I think he's going to be really busy in his new role. But we get to see a lot more of him. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. really cool. He, he is in the building. He's one of the he's one of the most genuine dudes. And it's it's great so that these players, all the these time players get too. to be around him. And, you know, look, we see these guys all the time. You know, there are, <laughs> there are tough days, man. Week 8, week 9, week 10 of the season. And you're just grinding through. You know, having a positive influence like JJ there to kind of keep you going, give you a little boost of energy, that's pretty cool. But but you're right, uh, the his days on the podcast are over. So maybe you guys will get a promotion after being on my podcast because <laughs> that seems to be the trend. Ever Good need, luck. If you ever need to see a fantastic speech or presentation about the importance of written goals, just ask JJ Moses. It's a per- I mean, it's so good. I can't – I'm not oh, even going to try. A- yeah, okay. it's really good. It's really good. We, really had all good. The, we had all these topics that JJ and I were going to cover, and I said, no, 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 JJ, we got to save that for, like, June before OTAs when it's really de- – so we had all these topics that we wanted to talk about. But you know what? That Just being said, your podcast. I am going to get some former players in, uh, you know, Wade Smith, and, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to get a lot of guys on the show and on the podcast. And But I wanted to get you guys in here because it's free agency. Yep. The first round is done. It's officially March Madness. I think Mar- it refers as it's much crazy. to the NFL as it is to NCAA basketball. Yesterday, the Honey Badger here in the building, we got mm-hmm. to meet him and see him. Drew got a one-on-one with him. I want to get your thoughts on that press conference. Is this a slam dunk for the Texans secondary? Because every reaction I've seen so far seems to be very positive from the outside. I know we're very yeah. positive about it inside the building. But when you when you take a step, 10,000-level step back, what does it look like to you for 2018? I, al- I always worry about that when there is overwhelming support for something I always like it tinged with a little bit of ah this won't work but then again the last time that the general public felt this way about a particular thing the Texans did he became the quarterback and that was Deshaun Watson and everybody was convinced for the most part that Deshaun was going to step in and do a pretty good job once he ended up becoming the starter and that was that was very true now obviously he's played six and a half games so we could talk about that at a different time but I the way the secondary played last year, I think it was maddening and frustrating on one hand, and then I think it was probably maddening and frustrating for them because they had gotten used to life in the secondary where the ball had to come out. The ball had to come out of quarterback's hands very quickly because what? And merciless and clowning, you're coming after the quarterback, and it was always two of the three. 
Well, this year it was only one of the three. It was only Clowney getting there. And the pass rush, I felt like, and, Coach, and Bill O'Brien says this all the time, he said the rush and coverage have to work together. And that just didn't – it never really came to fruition last year. There would be moments. I mean, I remember that Seattle game. Russell Wilson is throwing the ball really, really well. And then Marcus Williams gets a little, there's a little bit of pressure off the side. Wilson's got to throw it early. Marcus Williams jumps it, picks it off, and you're like, that's it. You're going to win this game, et cetera. Didn't happen. But you could see moments of it, but it just was inconsistent. My point in bringing all that up is I do think that with Aaron Colvin and Tyron Matthew, just adding those two guys. It's two starters. Whatever position they play. And this I, I've said this before, and I will say it again. The Houston Texans defense needs to eliminate. They need to be the ones at the forefront eliminating the, the depth chart. Because with Tyron Matthew, with Aaron Colvin, with Devion Clowney, J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, those five in particular don't really play the same position every single play. They don't play the same position I every single play. I agree with you. But, it, but it's just semantics at this point where, what Jadavion Clowney is, I right? Know, I know, but people get I, – I, when we put out – during the week, our, our, our account on Twitter will put out, hey, the released depth chart. And I think we have to, per the NFL. Yeah. And it comes, every out on time, a, it comes out on a Tuesday, yeah, so it's not even accurate exactly, because you don't know what the injury report is. Exactly, but people see it and go, oh, Jadeveon's played defensive end this week. Oh, no, he's playing inside linebacker? I mean, they freak out <laughs> when they see it, and I, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. So from that standpoint, they both step in for different reasons, and we can get into those. But they both step in to the secondary, and I think Kevin Johnson – Drew and I have talked about this on In the Lab. I think Kevin Johnson has a definite bounce back here. I love the fact they brought back football Yoda, a.k.a. Jonathan Joseph – then you throw in Colvin and Matthew. Did you guys come up with that nickname, Football Yoda? I think John did. Yeah. I did. I, I, I call him Football Yoda. I like how you Yoda. just threw that in there, but yeah, I've never heard that. That's I my like nickname it. for him, Football I like Yoda. It. I like it. I like this move. Like it, I do. Because I keep thinking about last season and takeaways for the Texans defense. The de- the team as a whole had 16 takeaways. One of those was a special team's fumble recovery. So, really, the defense only had 15 takeaways. That's less than one per game. Now, think back to 2014 – they what, 40-some takeaways? I mean, they, they more than doubled that. Okay, you're adding J.J. Watt back. You're adding Whitney Merciless back. That alone, I think, boosts what you're able to do because those guys are going to make things more uncomfortable for, for opposing quarterbacks. Yep. But you factor in the Honey Badger. You factor in Aaron Colvin, who we think is going to do a pretty good job locking guys up. Yeah, inside so, or outside. Yeah, so the quarterbacks are probably going to have to go more away from him more times than not. So I really think that this Honey Badger signing, what's his calling card? He makes plays. He, make, yeah. he gets turnovers. And I think you're really going to see, if he's not getting them himself, he's helping cause them and helping uh, others get them too. Because I think that 16 number, that 15 number that we saw, it rises and rises significantly in 2018. Right. It has to go up. I don't see it going, going but down. But you've just added, like, like I know. Playmakers, right. And I know we don't have we talk about the jumbled play chart, but you've just added two starters. I think for sure on defense, for sure. One okay, of the, one I have of a thing, quick question about the Honey Badger because Drew, you had a one on one with him. Mm-hmm. I thought he did not like to be no, called the Honey well, okay, Badger. Well, it, it, we yeah we have a radio. He answered that. He, he answered he, that. He answered, well, like we had a we did he did a snap he did a Snapchat before like hey fans that's right and he said hey I'm the Honey Badger so I think that kind of answers it I think yeah. probably initially he's like Honey Badger what the hell and then it got popular and then he got. The yeah. suspension took the year off, right. and was like, "I want to leave all that stuff behind him." 
came in the league, made plays, and he's like, well, you know, it's okay. But I think if he had his choice, he'd rather not be called the Honey Badger, but he, he's <laughs> yeah. okay with it. He, he told us, Mark and I, in an interview, because we asked him that. Mark asked him, like, I can call you Honey Badger. Like, yeah, it's fine. He said uh, – I feel like he's just being nice because – He said his coaching college no. had – he didn't know what a Honey Badger was. He had no idea. But he said – he told us, he goes, I'm from Louisiana. We don't have Honey Badgers. <laughs> Which, I was like, we're in Texas. We don't have them either. But he said that his coach gave it to him, and then his coach just said, look, just roll with it, and it'll end up paying off. And it did because that's how, that's how we remember him uh, as the Honey Badger. But he's – but it was funny because he sort of said it himself. He said at LSU – this is kind of what I what I got out of it is that the Honey Badger and Tyron Matthew were becoming two different individuals, and the Honey Badger was taking over more than Tyron Matthew needed to. It's kind of like Teen Wolf when the Wolf took over for yes, Scott. Exactly, right? it's like the difference between Irvin Johnson and Magic Johnson. So, who if he's Teen Wolf, who do you think his styles is? The Honey Badger styles Ooh. is going to be. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Let me think on that. The boss says. Let me think about okay. that. Here's the one thing. Does that make really, Bill O'Brien the coach that says you got to have? I really didn't. Don't play cards with a man named Dallas. Make sure you get ten hours of sleep. Reference in this podcast. Yeah. I'm like shocked. That that um, just, it totally caught me off. Guard. Here's here's the thing about about Tyron and I did I did a football one on one for um, the site uh, Texas site HoustonTexas.com. Yeah, HoustonTexas.com right now. The one thing that that you realize with a guy like Tyron Matthew is he does the job of about three or four different people. And when, when he walks in the building and he's on the field, I know this is going to sound odd, but he might be the fourth best pass rusher on a team when he, when he shows up. He is really good. He'll blitz the edge. Sometimes he disguises it very well. Sometimes he just lines right straight up and goes. And one play that I found, and I just, I just picked the Jags game because, like, the Cardinals beat the Jags. The Jags are our, our opponent you know, in division. Uh, let, me, let me see what I can find. And so – First quarter didn't do a whole lot. I got to the second quarter, and there's a drive where he lines up on the left edge as a stand-up defensive end, basically, all 5'9", 180 pounds. And he goes against Mercedes Lewis, who just got released by the Jags, at 6'6", 267. And he rushes on him, and he, and he beats him. I mean, he darts inside. Lewis tries to go inside. Matthew then kind of swims over him like a pass rusher would. Bortles has to then run out of the pocket. And you talked about this creating place for others. Pierre Olson, Olson Pierre ends up getting a sack. Two drives later, Matthew is then in coverage on the number two wide receiver, Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole against us in December had a tremendous game. He roasted our secondary. I mean, he had a huge game. And so the Jags set up this play, knowing what the Cardinals would be in coverage, where Tyron was on Cole, but if they ran a certain route, he would get some help from Buda Baker. But if they ran a different route, Baker would have to cover the other route, and then Tyron Matthew would be one-on-one with Cole. Wide open, middle of the field, nobody else out there, nobody else out there, just Matthew and Cole. And against us, Cole whipped everybody. Tyron saw it, recognized it, got right in the hip pocket of Keelan Cole, ran step for step, like, I mean, bosom buddies all the way down the field. Ball came down. Tyron waited for it, waited for it, right at the right time, just knocked it away. And I, that was within, like, two series of one another. And what stood out to me was he did it once with the pass rush. Then he did it once playing coverage. In, in So he was going after the quarterback in the backfield, and now he's making a play 40, 45 yards downfield in the passing game. It's like, who, who does that? And, who does that? And you don't think Romeo Cornell 
was going to put him in some advantageous right. situations. That's one of the things that when I interviewed him yesterday that stood out to me is Matthew said, you know, oh, he was a big factor in me coming here. He was yep. definitely a factor because the guy's seen so much, coached so many greats, and has such a resume that it's really attractive for some of these guys. Colvin kind of said the same thing. Yep. But, yeah, you got to think Romeo is just like rubbing his hands together with a smile right now, thinking of all the possibilities, all the things he can do with these these playmakers on defense. Yep. I, what, what really struck me most in that press conference was all – the, the, all the reasons why he could have signed somewhere else but didn't. Right. You know, he talked about J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and, and Vivian Clowney and, and Deshaun Watson in the offense mm-hmm. and playing on this team. He talked about Romeo Cornell, all the experience he's had. And he's coming off of probably one of his healthiest seasons. Yep. Started all 16 games. And here's here are his stats. 74 tackles, four quarterback hits, six TFLs, one sack, two interceptions, seven passes defense, and one forced fumble. For a guy like that coming off a year like that, that's Heading kind of a into, down year for him, health, healthy, you know? I mean, healthy. If he's healthy, he's – I mean, he was healthy, but he was, that's, right. he's kind of coming back, you He's know? coming back from an injury in 2016. And that's – I think that's what's exciting is the fact that you've seen him go through 16 mm-hmm. games. He said he could have signed for more money somewhere else, decided Arizona. not to. Arizona. Arizona. I mean, I wonder how much of that is just pride at stake. Yeah, they signed I mean, him to all that money and then, you know, decided that they weren't going to, to pay him last year. But now he's like, I'm hungry. I want to come to this team. And here he comes with the Texans defense. I, I can't wait to see where they where they place him. I, I think you're right. Romeo Cornell is going to have a heyday with him. DB, you just rattled off his numbers. That's the one thing about Tyron Matthew. It's funny because we bring this about Watt, too. On a stat sheet, they've got all these different columns for all the different things. And when you look at a stat sheet after the game, and I remember in 2014, you would look at a stat sheet of J.J. after the game, and every single column had a number in it. Most of the time, those are all just zeros. It's just a bunch of right. zeros. JJ's would have a number in each column, and that's the way Tyron's been since LSU. And I thought one of the one of the things that stood out to me watching him at LSU like four quarterback hits. He's the smallest well, guy on the yeah. field usually. <laughs> well, it's crazy when, to me. When he was a true freshman at LSU, in the article I put I put those numbers, and his numbers in 2011 were even more so. But in two years at LSU, his first year as a true freshman, he caused five fumbles. His next year, he caused six. He caused eleven. He forced eleven fumbles in two seasons, and that's one of the things that he's able to do. That you just have a knack for doing, but every when you read those numbers, it was like, okay, check off that column, that column, that column, that column, that column. He's putting numbers in all those different columns, and you're just you're not you're not finding guys that can do that. And then all of a sudden, he's going to step behind. And I thought it was funny this press conference. He said, "I'm going to let Clowney and Watt just do their thing, and I'm going to stay in the middle of the field and go get the ball." And like, yeah, I think that's Drew's a safety's point, dream. To, to Drew's point, in 2014, after a year, 2013. When the Texans didn't turn teams over, it was very similar. 2013 didn't turn teams over at all. I think they had 11 all yeah, year. Yeah. The next year, would we have 34? No, they had like 40. 40. They were in the 40s. Yeah. It, was, it, was it, a, was it was a team record. Yeah, it, it was, was best insane. In the league. Yeah. Can you imagine if this defense, with Deshaun and company on offense, if this defense is able to produce 40 turnovers? You'll, you'll average like... 36, 37 minutes time of possession if you want. Yeah, and you average I mean, you 36, score, But you can score quickly. Yeah. 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 I mean, they weren't getting those turnovers last year when Deshaun was on the field. Look, I do think there's going to be some regression to the mean, some homeostasis, if you will. They're not going to be putting up 40 every single week, but they're going to have the opportunity to do that. And if they're getting turnovers, it's almost a lock they're going to be in that range. PS. There's no way you turn a ball over against this team that you're going to have a chance to beat it. P.S. John just said homeostasis. So I, I noticed. I know that you guys are using some big words here. That's what we do. Deep Slant Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Leave a review, please. All right, let's put a bow on free agency. 
Uh, Texans, they re-signed seven of their own players, but as far as the new players go, uh, three in the secondary, Batamosi, Aaron Colvin, Tyron Matthew, and then three offensive linemen, Fulton, Chantrell Henderson, Senio Kilimente. How does this change draft strategy? I want your guys' opinion because obviously no first or second round pick. Everyone thought Texans are going to focus on secondary and O-line. Is that what they do? Do they move up into the second round and, and really get a – get a clincher of someone at one of those positions? That's or a great do you question. Think they go in a different direction because we've seen the news about C.J. Fedorowicz as well. He's, yep. he's now retired, so that leaves a, a gaping hole at tight end as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I think it goes I think it goes one of two ways. I still think they are probably in the market for an offensive tackle, and I do think that the third round, second, third round is where you could – where the value matches – their need matches the value of the player – I do think there might be a tackle or two taken in the first round, but they're going to be overdrafted. I don't think there should be any tackles taken in the first round. They're just not of that quality. Most of the tackles that we would – the offensive linemen in this draft are the guards and centers. The guards and centers are tremendous in this draft. Billy Price, Ohio State, Quentin Nelson, Notre Dame, Will Hernandez, UTEP, even Connor Will, Williams I, I now in my mind consider as a guard. So the guards and centers in this draft are very, very good. But I could see the Texans with three picks in the third round – if there is if there is a tackle that they have a solid grade on moving up in the second round to get him to make sure that they get that pick in the second round to get a to get a tackle. If they don't, I still think the strategy is the same. Offensive line, secondary, offensive line, secondary. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think Drew and, or Mark and I talked about this yesterday. What's what would you change? What what would I change? There's eight picks. I still think two or three are going to the offensive line. I still think two or three are going to the secondary. I think one's going to be a tight end. And I've got my eyes on one tight end. I think at the back end of the third round, maybe the middle of the third round, uh, I think would be a great fit for us. Um, and then I think at that point, you've got maybe one other pick left, and maybe you take a quarterback. And I was going to say, backup quarterback is now a position. Of yeah, look as well. for a, look for a young quarterback kind that of. you can groom. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the guys they worked with at the Senior Bowl that at least has a little bit of knowledge. I mean, not much, but at least a little bit. So maybe that's the way they go. But I still think there's going to be a focus offensive line and secondary for at least four or five picks amongst those two positions. I think tight end's got to be one. There might be a wild card thrown in there, just a, hey, this guy's the best athlete on the board right now. We can't afford to turn away from him. And maybe they do that. I don't really th- – and I'm kind of – I'm with John on this. I don't know that it tweaks your draft strategy all that much. I mean, I I think you're, you still got to use the draft to look long-term as well as short-term, but really long-term. So I do think, yeah, if there's a tackle that you like, you'll take him. Maybe package and move on up, like he's talking about. But I really think, if anything, my only lock out of that round three, I do think you'll see them draft a tight end. Yeah, I really do think you'll they'll draft it's a, a tight good end tight end draft in, somewhere. And I I kind of think drafting a quarterback would not surprise me, but I really think they're going to sign somebody. I, I mean, just I do somebody too. off. I, the, I, yeah, it's kind of getting getting thinner and thinner, obviously. But I, I really think you're going to sign somebody with some experience. Yeah, yeah. it would be key. nice with with a quarterback just in his yeah. second year. But yeah, I, think, I, think I want. So. I, I do think they want to see what Heineke has. You know, yeah, as, I think as so a backup too. I don't, option. I don't think there's there's any. I don't think there's any harm in bringing a fourth bringing four quarterbacks to OTAs mm-hmm. at all. And I think I'm with Drew. I do think they'll sign a vet, and I think that Heineke and a rookie will come in and compete for a third spot to be able to go to training camp. From that point, look, Brandon Weed's still looking for a team. Matt Moore, I think, is still out there. I'd be okay with either one of those sure. two. Um, but I do think tight, when I when I talk about tight ends, it's, i got to make sure you qualify this because tight ends, to me, kind of go in two different categories. you got your C.J. Fedorowicz types, your wide tight ends, guys that can knock you off the ball a little bit. You're not going to find those. 
But you've got others in this draft that kind of run the gamut from Mike Kosicki from Penn State, Ian Thomas from Indiana, Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State. I do think they'll be in the market for. And those guys are all they're all guys that you can use out at wide receiver. All of them. With the exception maybe one. It's Ryan Izzo from Florida State, who I – who I said I wouldn't mind drafting. But do they them. need that, or do they need a, a blocking? Well, tight that's end? that's the thing. You're not going to find them. The, you just the tight ends are so different. They're all using the pass catching, pass catching role. So they don't work on their blocking. They're not even when they put their hand in the dirt. For the most part, they're not really they're not it's, blocking. Much. You've made the good point of the Texans can really address this if they want, as far as getting a, bl- a pure blocking tight end. Yeah. By just finding a tackle. Yeah. And having him line up, lose, lose a little bit more weight, and yeah. you know he just. All he's in there to do is block. Yeah. Be out on the edge as a blocker. And, I I mean, you could, you could just go off your practice squad, really, if you want to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Ryan Malik, Malik is a guy that I know the coaching staff seemed to like at the end of the year from Virginia Tech. Um, but and, and Zach Conk was another guy that they had on practice squad. Now, he's, he's more he the type of tight ends mm-hmm. yeah. that, that you see now. He was a former quarterback at SFA, but highly talented, very skilled, but more of a pass-catching tight end. And and the 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 question becomes and and you know you see it in college football because people say well why don't they have tight ends like CJ Fedorowicz in college anymore because teams aren't playing with tight ends so the Texans there were times last year where Ryan Griffin would be the one tight end on the on the field but he was lined up as a as a sniffer or a fullback so he never lined up next to the to the tackles and maybe that's where the Texans are headed offensively. Saw Kyle Fuller, David Questenberry play a lot of blocking. Tight yeah, end, you know? absolutely. I mean, they've used different types of tight ends along the way, but I a guy like Ryan Izzo to me, he's kind of the traditional. He's like the traditional tight end. He's kind of holding up for everybody else. The guy that I really like is Ian Thomas from out of Indiana because I do think he can block, and incredible athlete, and he's got and you know things always stand out to me that may not stand out to other people. He's got 11 and a half inch hands. I mean, that's like, we're all looking at our hands. I mean, right it's now. like, that's I mean, crazy. my hands are big, but mine are it's like a, good, a little over 10. It's like that's, a ruler, man. That's a ruler. It is. It's a ruler size hands. And I saw him at the senior bowl and I was like, I, I like this guy. And then he went to the combine. He tested very well. And Texas coaching staff had a chance to spend time with him at the senior bowl. So there's also that. But if there was a, if there was a guy that I would say this guy fits all things we're talking about probably best, it's probably Thomas. I know you want to wrap this podcast up, but before we do, uh, let's just kind of make a pact here to mess with Vandermeer, because I've done this once, and I want to kind of keep it in his brain. Okay. We were at lunch the other day. You guys just brought up Zach Conk, the tight end yeah. out of SFA. He spells his name C-O-N-Q-U-E. Right. And Vandermeer somehow said the name Zach Conk. He was talking with somebody, and full lunch table, and I was like, oh, no, 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 Vandermeer, it's Conque. You, you pronounce it Conque. <laughs> With what? Is that in With Spanish? What? And he's, he looked he at me kind of like he, he... did not believe you. He looked at me for a second because in his heart of hearts, he's a play-by-play guy and wants to get everybody's oh. name correctly because he's a great play-by-play guy. But then he realized, A, he was right, and B, who, you know, I messed with him. He, Nobody so, believes yeah. anything you say anymore, Drew. Conque, though. Just think about that every time you see exact that con- conque? conque. Maybe that'll be a nickname. Maybe it'll catch on. I, you know, there is <laughs> one, one thing I want to do before we wrap up. So I, I, with JJ, I would always hit like a social media post of the week. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, JJ Watt and his brother had this conversation on Twitter. Maybe you all saw it. Uh, they talked about shopping with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are both married, so you've probably done your fair share of shopping yep. uh, with your wives. TJ Watts' keys to shopping with a girlfriend, a fully charged phone. JJ's keys 
find the food court, grab yourself a cinnamon pretzel from Auntie Anne's or Auntie Anne's and settle in. Yeah, and that Annie started, Anne's pretzel. Yeah, so that started this whole Cinnabon versus Auntie Anne's debate, which is okay, still first ongoing. Of all, but I just want to get your it's thoughts on It's just yes. That. It's not either or. It's yeah, yes. It's just yeah. a, if you go to a food court, I mean, you can, and a food court. nothing wrong with either of those. Yeah. So you're not really shopping with your girlfriend if you're hanging out at the food court. Yeah. No, but. you got to take the pretzel to go. But look, if if you're. But you can, as a as a husband, you can, you know, hey, would you like to go to the mall? Yes, you can make the effort. You talk on the car ride over there, but she doesn't want to go to Champs. She doesn't want to go to Lids. You know, <laughs> no, she doesn't. Let her go, go to her, let her go to her stores. <laughs> hey, look, go go try some stuff on. I'm just gonna be over at Lids. I'm gonna hit Lids. I'm, I'm gonna hit my places in the time it takes you to finish at your place. And then at that point, you, you know, you you've done your job. You've kind of you've compromised. I think you can feel good about that. Now, to me, Zara is the place that you go. Because they got a dude section, and they've got a woman section. Oh, so you, section. Get, your, you get your shopping. So done I go there to the too. dude section. Yeah. And my daughter, see, I go with my daughter, uh, and my daughter will go to the to the girls or the women section, and so we just then whoever's first, we just come over to that section. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, let's go. That's kind of how my husband and, and and we do. Because we used to go shopping, and he would read the entire sports page, mm-hmm. like and explore the entire internet beginning to end. He'd ask me if I wanted to get a smoothie. I'd say no, but he'd go get one anyway. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then he would keep himself occupied like that. But then when you go to the store, now he actually enjoys shopping a little bit. See, the only shopping I we do together like now is grocery shopping because we just don't take, we've got little kids and they're yeah. kind of small. But, but when the twins were still in strollers, I would, you know, be the guy man in the stroller. So, that would mean lots of wheelies. Pop lots of wheelies with the tours. <laughs> I mean, so just and like, and yeah. I do the I do the fake out like I'm gonna crash into this pillar, and they'd yell. So that was always fun. That's like, a bunch of twins. But you know what? You need to take you need to take them to the Galleria, the Wall of Water. My kids love it. It's that mesmerizing. I'm mesmerized. I mean, adults, by it. yeah, adults alike, adults and kids. Yeah, I don't. It's funny I, it, when you said shopping with your wife. My wife doesn't really. It's great that I have a daughter now because my my daughter will go with me. They but go, yeah. my wife doesn't. She doesn't love to shop. She said it before. She goes, I like to buy. I don't like to shop. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so I can't tell my you. Kinda and, and right my kind of lady right there. And my wife doesn't like the huge crowds. And I'm not a big fan of them either. But if I'm if I'm at a mall, I'm okay because I can duck off into one if I feel, you know, start getting anxious. She doesn't, she doesn't like that as much. But my daughter will go. And, and my daughter and son will go. So we'll go canvas the mall and we'll head all the places. And Jack will just, hey, I'm going to go off on my own. And so he just goes off and does his thing. And then he goes to Target. He goes to all the electronic stores. And then he meets us like 15 minutes later. And so that's, <laughs> it's, nice having, it's nice like, having the kids that can do that. Yeah, but yeah. Then, he's, then he's done at that point. Well, but. you know what's coming up in 2018? Jets. On the road. Oh, oh yeah. So we got to make a little. Yeah, I know. We got to try. Your, we got to try uh, a shop, little New shop York girl. Trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shop yeah. girl. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a my prime wife time is, game. My, my wife has actually said, "Do you think you? Do you think I could fly to New York and stay with you guys when you play the Jets?" And I was like, "Wow, you're up on the schedule. I had no <laughs> idea." <laughs> because like, I told her about that last very one. Very interesting. I to told me. her about that last one, and I was like, "She's like." I could at least yeah help deepy with her bags. <laughs> you, you you guys decided to ditch me, but I I made it back on the Jersey Transit with uh, all my bags. You, no, you ditched us. We were I did just me, fine. Me, John, and Jay. So. Yeah, good stuff. All right, guys, looking forward to lots more fun road trips. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank and, you very much. Uh, for you guys us. in the lab, also on iTunes mm-hmm. and uh, Stitcher. Stitcher. Tune yeah, in. I subscribe. Feel like, I feel like I'm such an old. Let lady. us know like, what you think. iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, leave a review in the lab, Deep Slant Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And go Texas.